Coming up, tonight's episode has scary children shows, gadgets, and McDonald's. This week, the third brain lives with Spy Kids, and this is Most Extreme Podcast. Welcome to Most Extreme Podcast, the show where we discuss and analyze the enigma that is 2000s pop culture. I'm Brett Ellison. I'm Jonathan Snowdy. And I'm Jarrett Whitworth. And this is the Spy Kid. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I just realized I sounded like, um, what's a sidekick from... Oh, from, uh, from Sky High. Yeah, Sky That's High. That's what you're thinking of. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Spy Kids, this Co- is our... <laughs> Isn't his name Coach Boomer? Coach Boomer. Because he's an <laughs> Don't worry for anyone who's wondering. We will probably get to a Sky High episode at some point, um, because we know that is maybe one of the most popular movies of this era. God, that I hope about. so. Is it the best Kurt Russell movie of all time? <laughs> <laughs> um, it's... Uh, who's... Uh, is it Dave Foley? From, uh, yeah, from News Radio, and, uh, uh, who plays Flick in Bugs Life. Oh. Yeah, he's the, like, guy, the teacher for sidekicks. He's, <laughs> that might be my favorite David Foley movie of all time. Anyway, uh, News Radio, great show, check it out. <laughs> it, came out <laughs> it came out in, like, 1992. Um, but yes, this is our Spy Kids episode, and this is our, our first movie episode. Um, which is very exciting, and of course we chose the most exciting movie to talk about um but hopefully um we, we will be doing the others in this franchise coming uh sort of how we'll probably do the spongebob series mm. how we did one two three and then the movie um my pitch to you guys is that we do uh spy kids one two and three and then end with shark boy and lava girl as the end of the series mm. of that that's up to you. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> no! That's a plan. That is a plan. Arguably the most influential movie of the decade. Oh, Sharkboy and Lava Girl? <laughs> exactly. Okay. Just getting ready to sit down and with a pen and paper do an analysis of Sharkboy and Lava Girl. Do you think Armand White has anything to say about Sharkboy and Lava Girl? Uh, ooh. That's a good point. For those of you who don't lo- know, you want to explain it? Um, or Armand White? Ar- Armand White is a film critic who's known for being a contrarian. Um, I, my favorite quote of his is that Man of Steel is the godfather of superhero movies. <laughs> and basically... Which, to be clear, it's a fine movie. Basi- it is a good movie. Basically, every movie he loves is, like, not good. Every movie he hates is, like, yeah. an I, Oscar award-winning... What's what's the name here? Arm, Armand Arm- White. Armand White. I remember he was on the Slash film cast, and he was <laughs> defending Transformers Revenge of the Fallen over the Dark Knight. <laughs> 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 yeah he was like the, no you guys i think the only film recently that is that was bad and he thought was bad was suicide squad that wasn't that recent i was that 2016 is that how long ago that Jeez. was well this is not a review of suicide squad thank god um this is spy kids spy kids the first spy kids from 2001 classic film um it's pretty <laughs> undeniable though the amount of wait what are you gonna are you looking at Armand White. He hated Hamilton. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, he hates this, anything. The role good. needs a star, and this film doesn't have one. <laughs> if you've what? never seen Hamilton, what a joke. <laughs> the the star is like the logo for the thing. Jeez, Hamilton. Oh my gosh. Jonathan and I saw Hamilton together. <laughs> I okay, so I'll share this story real quick. Jonathan and I, um, I. Uh, so we live in Durham, North Carolina. We live in the Triangle area, and we have uh, the Durham Performing Arts Center. It's basically a place where Broadway shows come and do shows. Um, Hamilton came as part of a seasonal run, part of the Philip Tour. Shout out Philip Tour, Hamilton. And uh, anytime they comes by, they have a raffle that's online, part of their Hamilton app, and you can basically win for two free tickets. And so my entire family got the app, and just to have and case anytime. You know, we might have one, two tickets to go see Hamilton. Um, this was around the week of Thanksgiving or like the week before Thanksgiving of 2018, that I think. Sounds, that sounds right. And uh, Jonathan, I was living up in Boone, North yeah, up Carolina. In the, up in the mountains. And the at the time, and Jonathan had been planning for several months to come up and visit <laughs> me and just like hang out for the weekend. At the same time, I was also having, planning to have a party at my house and Jonathan was going to come up for that as well. Um as I'm cleaning the house, I get a notification that I won the lottery for Hamilton. <laughs> and I had to tell my I had to tell all of my housemates that like I can't make it to this party that I'm hosting. You guys have to do it. And they all totally understood. Like, no, no, you won, so there you go. Um and so I called Jonathan as and I'm like, Hey Jonathan, where are you? Oh, I'm like an hour and a half out from where you are. Yeah, you wanna turn around right now? <laughs> go go ahead Hamilton. and hit the U turn. And so the two of us sat at a donut shop and Wikipedia had Hamilton. <laughs> and then uh, we sat front row, middle front row, our tickets for yep. Hamilton. Wow. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> several times wild. I've called Jonathan and he has no clue what's about to happen. It might be like, do you want to go to Taiwan? <laughs> and then we went to Taiwan. It's true. So anyway, wow. back to Spike. <laughs> uh, I was going to talk about just how much Spy related media there was out for kids in the early 2000s it just felt like at least in terms of movies and tv mm -hmm. shows that like at least now i feel like you know superheroes and video games like yeah. that's the core thing but i feel like at one point during the 2000s everything was spy related mm. so spike is being a huge part of that yeah. um and a lot of spy related toys i was yes. i remember having one of those like the sonar guns that you know like listen through walls or whatever oh yeah like selling like Cheap versions of gadgets, essentially, yeah, to kids, yeah, exactly. which was the cool thing. So, like, secret decoder kits, all that type of stuff, yeah. um, big yeah. time. And then, so Spy Kids being a huge part of playing into that, I mean, I guess this technically counts as 90s, but the movie Harriet the Spy, which was a Nickelodeon film, but also, like, a series of books about, like, a girl spy type thing. I mean, like, Nancy Drew, that type of stuff has always been around. Yeah. Um, and then the other big one was, like, Agent Cody Banks, of course, you know, Academy Award winning agent cody yeah we'll have to do that <laughs> at some point but yeah i feel like yeah there's yeah. a lot of spy related material at some point in terms yeah. of the 2000s the uh you ever been to the uh spy museum in dc i have been That's, to the spy oh, museum i have not yeah, it's i've heard good things it's pretty awesome did you it, go jonathan i have been it was a long time ago I, I was probably eight years old um but i i'm looking it up it opened in 2002 yeah perfect timing for this the International Spy Museum is in... I would have been in D.C. It's in yeah. D.C., By yeah. then, but I haven't... Um, for since then. Yeah, it's in won. the heart of downtown Washington, D.C., pretty far away from the Smithsonian Mall area, but and it's also a privately owned museum. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but they have a lot of artifacts and cool stuff from the CIA and the FBI. Um, definitely part of their museum, part of the tour. They also have several different experiences that you can do there at the spy museum. Um, one of which like is sort of like that you go through Washington D.C. on almost like a semi-guided tour, where you might like have a clue, and then you have to go find something, and there might be like a QR code on like hmm. on like a you know a, a pole or something, and then that takes you to the next clue oh, that's cool. type hmm. thing. Uh, and then they also have one built inside the museum that's like a spy experience thing mm-hmm. where you go on like a themed, almost like a Disneyland like themed adventure that they have, where like at one point. You're in an alleyway, and they have all these, like, lasers that you have to, like, um, you know, like, take out, like, gadgets and everything. You go into, like, a house. You have to, like, search for, um, like, clues, and then you have to put it all back so it looks like nothing happened. Um, I did the experience part. Um, I did it with a sprained foot, (laughs) uh, which a lot of it requires running at some point. Um, Mm -hmm. and at the very end, they give you a score out of one to five, um, we got a zero somehow. Um, what? <laughs> our Ouch. group was filled with old people. So at some point during the alleyway filled with lasers, our, our guy's like, okay, guys, we have to take all of these out one by one. And this old guy just walks straight through, <laughs> straight through the lasers. We don't have time for this. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I don't think he spoke a ton of English, but I also just don't think he think. No, he did. He just couldn't hear him <laughs> and this was like well there's the door i woke up and walked no! uphill through lasers to school <laughs> <laughs> um but anyway yes yeah, spy related material is so big yeah. i mean also this is around the time that you know the born movies are coming out and you know mission impossible was started in the 90s but you know had built and yeah. of course james bond james bond's yeah um is you know definitely went through a complete uh um change in the 2000s. What's the one? The Pierce Brosnan one? Die Another Day? Maybe my favorite <laughs> movie ever. That's my favorite James Bond movie, and I'm not even kidding. Die Another Day. Um, it's the a, worst one. That's and that's an Armand White level, yeah, <laughs> it's, level take. It's incredible. Is, is that the one where he surfs on the... Yeah. yeah. On the, yeah. 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 Uh, okay. Die Another Day okay. starts with James Bond surfing 2002 into north korea like (laughs) this is how good the movie is i'm not kidding i think it's on netflix everyone needs to watch that's the only way to get in yeah (laughs) they don't expect it good i love it i love it i love it um but yeah um definitely uh, during the 2000s the big thing was selling was spies like spies was the cool thing the gadgets and it's just part of the change of technology being so big and then film everything i don't know why we were selling (laughs) essentially like recruiting kids for the cia and fbi at such a young age well you think even even drake and josh i mean like uh, yeah you're right megan had that entire wall of her room was like surveillance equipment around the house right yeah (laughs) so that was like that was a very niche like younger sibling in a kid's show that's true um but yeah so spy kids definitely being a part of it do y'all have um any history with this film of the first spy kids or spy kids in general as a franchise like, had you the, seen it before? I, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I've watched it multiple times growing up. Okay. Um, so the first Spy Kids is the only one my family owned, so it's the only one I've seen multiple times. And it's funny, because I, I, I rewatched it recently, and I love it. But I also never remember disliking it as a kid. I was never like, oh, this is cheesy, like, right. this is, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Like, that's weird. Like, I remember really actually loving it as a kid as yeah. well. Okay. Yeah, Jared. Yeah, I remember. I remember having a great time watching them. I like 
have definitely seen the first three. I didn't know there was a fourth one until today. Yeah. <laughs> About that one. Someone but, was, but yeah, I, I liked them plenty. And, and, and going back and watching some stuff, I was thinking like, yeah, this is, this is a little weird, but it's like, <laughs> when you're, it's like earnest enough to like, it is fun and quirky and yeah. Yeah. Like it's the kind of thing that. Sure. It's um, not made for a 27 year old. Then. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I definitely remember seeing Spy Kids for the first time. I think we had rented it from Blockbuster, which is an old sentence right there. Um, <laughs> but a yeah, in time. Yeah, I um, I loved Spy Kids. I think this might be my favorite franchise of all time in terms of like the 2000 stuff that we're going to talk about. Mm-hmm. And I've said this multiple times before. Like I'm, a, I consider myself a filmmaker. I, my my dream is you know to be a writer director, something like that. In terms of that, I. I've always wanted to be a filmmaker since the young age of seven, and the movie that inspired me to do it was Spy Kids 2. No joke. Like, that is, to this day, still, I watch Spy Kids 2, I'm like, this is the most inspiring film ever. It's just, (laughs) the amount of people who are like, oh, I got inspired by, like, Taxi Driver or Godfather. No, Spy Kids 2. So, and we'll talk about it coming up, because I do have a little bit of the history of how Spy Kids was made, and a lot of it kind of goes into, I think, why, you know... For us, it was so inspiring, or as for kids, we really liked it. Um, so we ha- do have to talk about the history of Spy Kids, and of course, it cannot. We have to talk about the director, writer, editor, VSFX artist, sometimes music, <laughs> basically all all together. Man, uh, Robert Rodriguez, um, who is the creator of Spy Kids. Um, this comes from uh, I have an article here from the Guardian from two thousand and one when they were promoting. Uh, Spy Kids. I'm going to just go ahead and read this. Um, it says, Fueling Rodriguez's desire to make his movie was what he claimed was lack of family movies. Calling family films the neglected genre, Rodriguez said that he knew he wanted Spy Kids to be something more than just a typical family film. He said he stayed away from the root canal experience that family films often deliver to adults because filmmakers cater to children and forget about parents sitting in the theater. Rodriguez said he set out to deliver a strong family message about the core of Spy Kids and to make his movie as entertaining and imaginative as possible. He stated that he wanted to restore a magical element in children's movies, adding what is why the whole movie feels like it was created in a kid's dream. I really wanted to make it feel like a child created this movie. Um, and he goes on a little bit to say some of the inspirations for other movies um, that he talks about uh, when he was a kid. Uh, the two, the, the big ones, um, which, uh, are, um, the original, um, Escape to Wish Mountain movies from, like, the 60s or 70s, hmm. um, they they remade one with The Rock, which yeah. we all definitely have to do. <laughs> There's a template of It's a good memes, meme, yeah. Yeah, from way back in the day of, if you want to see, like, a difference between, um, what Jane Johnson looks like now, um, just look up Escape to Wish Mountain. We'll probably have to do this movie at some point. That's I feel like I've heard of this, but it's not ringing a bell. Yeah, it's. I think it's him driving the car and Anna Sophia Robs in the background. Yeah. Oh, I have seen that meme. Okay, and yeah. I, I remember seeing some sort of advertisement on like uh, you know when they used to put ads like on the first like five minutes of the VHS. Oh yeah. yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. I yes. remember seeing Escape to Witch Mountain like a billion times. Hmm. <laughs> yes, I know. I know <laughs> it's him like being shocked by turning around in the back of the car. Hmm. Um, so yeah, that was a big one. And then the other big ones are, uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory 
and Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Ooh. Um, I didn't I didn't pick up Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, but now I see it. Do you see? I I definitely see we'll Wonka. definitely talk about Willy Wonka coming up, because there's a bunch mm. of influence when, to that. When, I see it. Yeah. When yeah. I was watching this earlier with my roommate Quinn, I literally turned to him and said, I said, Floop is like if Willy Wonka and Tony Stark got stuck in a <laughs> teleporter together. <laughs> That's a good yeah. way of putting it. I'm trying to see if I had anything else to talk about in terms of sort of the history of how this I am Foogly. <laughs> <laughs> Snap. But yeah, no, he was very inspired by sort of the... <laughs> Six Infinity Fooglies. <laughs> We're about to get into the Fooglies for a second. Okay, so um, I guess how we're going to do this is I'm, we're just going to... I have basically a rundown of the entire film because that's what I did this <laughs> Friday. <laughs> and then you guys can just spit in anything that you want to talk about. Yeah. Um, I should I give you a... Uh, I should give a fair warning that a lot of my notes also come from, instead of the commentary, I come from uh, the YouTube channel Pretty Much It and their commentaries on the movies of all the Spy Kids and also the Bechtel cast, which is a uh, feminist podcast about movies and women's roles. And they did one on Sp- uh, Spy Kids that was extremely informational. So uh, if I, f- I will give credit to credits due if I'm, if this isn't my joke, but um, yes, please check out both pretty much it and the Bechtel cast are both great. Okay, here we go from the top. Here's Spy <laughs> Kids. Okay. <clears throat> we open with a beautiful Mexican villa on top of a mountain overlooking the ocean. A young girl, Carmen Cortez, sits overlooking the ocean when her mom comes in to put her to bed. Uh, a young, I hear the younger sibling, Junie Cortez, is getting ready for bed and is trying to get rid of his wart problem. <laughs> so right off the bat... On his fingers. Yeah. I, I'm already right off the bat saying that this is something that a child... This is a child's problem, and this is kind of going into Robert Rodriguez's whole thing of, like, it feels like a kid's supposed to make this movie hmm. rather than an adult, which is, um, I feel like if an adult had made this movie, you wouldn't have a, like, a really disgusting thing in the film of, like, a wart <laughs> problem. bandaging up his fingers. Right. Um, but I don't, I, to me, that makes it more human. Hmm. And we'll talk about it coming up in a bit, I'm sure, but how... Carmen and Junie, their relationship as siblings is honestly, like, one of the best I've seen in all, of, like, cinema in terms of how exactly. real it is mm-hmm. and how their kids, they're, they're just playing themselves. The moment, the moment that absolutely made me, made it click for me was when they're in the safe house. Junie puts on the spy glasses. He's like, ew, gross. Mm-hmm. He's like, what do you see? You. Yeah. Yeah. yeah <laughs> so absolutely. perfect. Yes. Yeah, and that's one thing, we'll talk about this, I'm sure, coming up, but, like, in the 2000s, it, this almost was, like, the last era where movies about kids, where they could actually act like children, if that makes sense. Like, now, it feels like, yeah. since everything's so controlled and created by, like, an algorithm, almost, that, like, I guess the only example I can think of is a Stranger Things, where it's, like, the kids are mean to each other, they're flawed they're gross like that's what kids are and it feels like spy kids um holes comes to mind to me as like a movie where it's like even though they're teenagers and if you know they're not swearing because it's still like like a pg film but they're still acting like kids and i and i that's something that is definitely a sign of this era of like i kind of miss that in terms of the 
Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were going to ask us to leave that in. No. <laughs> leave it in. No, I mean, that, I think that speaks to, again, just like it is a good family film because it's like kind of just earnest about mm-hmm. this kind of stuff. Like it takes it, it takes itself seriously. It's like a. Yeah. And, but yeah, it's about and kids being spies. Right. And there's a whole message of family that we get yeah. into, of course, throughout the learning that they learn, basically, especially Carmen gets sort of the bigger arc of learning about family. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, um, yeah, it does feel like something that's like I watch movies now and I'm like, man, they, it's just not the same. Mm-hmm. Like it feels like kids. I guess we got to a point where we understood kids and then we went, but there's too many organizations out there that we have to control that have to control everything that the kids do. So I don't know. So, anyway, Carmen's falling asleep, and her mom tells her the story of the two spies who fell in love, um, <laughs> which is about two spies who were from two different countries, and the man spy was supposed to take out the woman spy, and the woman spy was supposed to take out the man spy, but they fell in love. And, of course, it is real to us in the flashback that these two spies are actually, in the story, are their parents. And uh, during their wedding, um, since they're both from different organizations and countries and both wanted targets, a helicopter raid happens at their outdoor <laughs> wedding. Yeah. Which it felt like if you knew this was going to happen. It's a tale as old as time. You may should have it outside. They, I don't know. They did have the boat ready with parachutes to jump off the cliff. Yes. Just in case. Always be prepared. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. That they're. That when incre- they jump off, they have like the heart. The heart. They, they grab each other's hands and they jump off. And I think it the the frame rate slows a little bit as they jump, and the heart <laughs> parachutes. Ah, oh, it's classic. It's incredible. Anyways, they've retired and now they've become consultants. The end of the story. Um, and uh, it's at this point where we learn um, that they both are not. The parents are very not happy that they retired, but they do feel like they're safe. Um, also, can one second, I do have to talk about that their house is freaking awesome. The house is bonkers. Yeah, yeah, it's huge. Yeah. Um, it's massive. It's on, like... It's like a Tony, it's like the Tony Stark house. It's right, like, On yeah, the cliff right. side. So... It's a lot more colorful. I guess the OSS oh, yeah. has a ton of money. Yeah. For, like, retirement packages. <laughs> I'm not entirely sure, but, um... <laughs> like the jungle gym in there and all yeah. that? Yeah, yeah, so the fact that they have a... Maybe which consultant it, work pays better. Yeah, I guess so. Well, we'll get into Spike is too. They have the treehouse with all the gadgets and stuff in there. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't come in in this movie because at the beginning, this is them becoming spies. You know, this is sort of the origin story of the story. Um, also, this is at one point that we learned that Gregorio Cortez, which is the name of the dad, um, is secretly working on some project about missing agents, but it's not entirely clear to the audience what's going on. Um, the next morning, Carmen and Juni are on a large obstacle course gymnasium in their house. Uh, Junie complains that they have to do this every morning, but they don't know why. Um, and uh, on their way to school, Junie watches a TV show called Flops Fooglies. I hope I'm saying that right. My Fl- Floops? Floops Fooglies, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Floop. My Google um, Drive keeps saying, did you maybe say Fooglies? Like it knew when I was trying to <laughs> um, Now, this is the point in the movie where it made me go... Is this a horror film? Because <laughs> I think Some of that stuff this is, is really wild. like the most scary, like uncanny valley, like makeup and costuming yep. I've ever seen. Yep. For especially for a kids movie. I, I yeah the the Fugly like costume design is pretty like scary. But I think what's more frightening is when you finally later on when you get to the transformation scene. 
Yeah. And they're like shaking around and like tied down to the, and as they like transform into some like creature. That's, I, that's scary. I read a couple like parent reviews and they were like, yeah, my seven-year-old had nightmares after this. Four-year-old loved it. <laughs> I was like, my, what... my kid was terrified. <laughs> I don't know what age I was, I was when I saw this, but I do not remember being scared of any of the Foogly stuff at all. But now I'm watching it as a lot older. I'm like, this is so scary. <laughs> yeah. I remember my parents thought, like, turn it off. I wonder if it's because they have sort of a cartoonish presentation of the Fooglies. Yeah. Like but do they? It was like Teletubbies it's, or something. Yeah. I was going to say, because we talked about this on our Spongebob uh, episode, how it's, Teletubbies is just so uncanny valley that it's like, right. like, it's really scary. But this is like, I don't know if Robert Rodriguez is trying to make a point about like how kids television can kind of get away with the like Teletubbies, this creepy weird stuff, and then mm. kids will just buy it. I don't know if he's trying to make a point about that because we learn later like that the Fooglies are talking in a, a uh, weird dialect that if you put it in reverse, they're like screaming for terror and help, yeah. which is like really scary. And we'll get to at one point they're like dungeon, yeah, into which is like really scary. But it does kind of come off as something that a, a kid would make, I guess. Um, I, the thumb thumbs, which I guess we can talk about them, um, were actually something that Robert Rodriguez himself created when he was a kid. Oh, yeah. Do you have that right there? I got that. That is uh, trivia number one on the uh, IMDb trivia page. All right. Woo. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, oh, I do have to say that in a daydream scene, this is one of my favorite parts. Gregorio uh, daydreams about throwing one of Junie's bullies dad out through a school window <laughs> and all the kids cheer and like run up to him <laughs> and Junie like jumps into his arms. <laughs> um. That's probably one of the funniest. Mo- I think Antonio yeah. Banderas in this movie is really funny. Um, he is, yeah. We're going to talk about him in an upcoming episode for another role he's done in a kid's film. But he, he's he, he's got some range. He needs to do more comedy is what I think. Yeah, yeah I think he's super funny. Because he's, of course, Zorro, as we know. Mm-hmm. And he's really good at that. But, yeah, I think here he shows his comedy skills. Um, Cut to Fegan Floop lives in a castle that's also shaped like a boot... On the beach. I couldn't really make it out, but I feel like it's supposed to look like some type of storybook fantasy world. Uh, he's having a meeting with some investors uh, who seem to be like a group of military men who seemed outraged that his, of his invention of the Fuglies. Um, Fegan uh, Floop's latest invention is robotic clones of children that can be used as weapons, and he calls them Spy Kids. Roll yeah. credits. Yeah, <laughs> roll credits. He said the move. Um, the only trick is that they don't have any brains. And also, he's the entire time, he's using some type of ball of clay in his hands, um, which we'll get to later. I think, is that a reference to Gene Wilder's Willy Wonka? Because I feel like at some point in that whole movie, he's just like playing with clay. Hmm. In, like the first Willy Wonka movie, hmm. not the Johnny Depp one. No, I that I don't know. I haven't seen that in a long time. Because I know yeah, I he's have like to spitting poetry the whole movie, and he's mm-hmm. just like, I feel like at one point he's playing with poetry. I don't remember. Um, we're also introduced to the character of Alexander Minion, <laughs> who was a sort of the Minion Igor it's character on the nose, speaking floop. <laughs> yeah, the, about- <laughs> the best part is him just being like, "Shut up, Minion!" <laughs> oh, it's so funny. Uh, the the main military guy who's basically uh contracted them to do this work his name is lisp yeah did you catch that he's also the <laughs> um great. the liquid terminator from t2 
Oh my gosh, you're yeah. right. And Minion oh. is is that Tony Shalhoub? Yes, yeah. that's Tony yeah, Shalhoub. Yeah. And Alan Cumming is like uh, right before Monk. Is yeah, yeah, exactly. I think it was right before Monk. Yeah. Um, oh, this was before Monk. Yeah, it was like oh, the okay. year before. It was like pretty close. Do you think that's how he got the part? <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to his character coming on. Um, like, oh my great. god, what if he was a monk? <laughs> um, he doesn't play a monk in Monk. Have you seen Monk? <laughs> no. <laughs> it's a jungle out there. <laughs> yeah. Just uh, <laughs> leading into <laughs> the hour leading into Psych is just <laughs> Gregorian <laughs> chants from Tony Shalhoub. <laughs> Tune in next week. <laughs> What's his assistant's name? Natalie. Natalie. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, he lives in a monastery <laughs> in San Francisco. Um, Monk, great show. Watch it. Um, okay. After nine years, Gregorio accepts an assignment from the OSS. Um, basically, their version of like the IMF or like the MI6 of James Bond, that type of thing, uh, to locate these missing agents. Um, his wife has to like seduce him to like come come on the mission i was kind of unclear she basically just like whisper in his ear and he's like "Ooh, yeah i wasn't sure what that was (laughs) supposed to mean yeah and then apparently she's coming along board um they get their coordinates from the oss in their car and then um the coordinates take them as the car drives off of a cliff and then goes dive straight into the ocean and turns into a submarine I distinctly remember seeing that as a kid and being like, I'm yeah. in. <laughs> this is the coolest yeah. movie I've ever seen. Sold. Yeah. Um, so they have their uncle, in quotation marks, uh, Felix, take care of the kids while the parents are gone on the mission. Uh, played by Cheech, right? Or who plays Wasn't that Danny Trejo? No. no. Uncle Felix. Oh. Not um, Uncle Michelle. Yeah. Oh, different uncle. You're, you're different right. You're right. Yeah. It's um, Cheech. Yeah, it's uh, pretty great. Um, so, Gregory and Ingrid uh, are in the submarine and then are suddenly captured by a vegan floop signal and are inside a large submarine. A Back at the Cortez house, a red alert warning signals inside the house. Uncle Felix rips off his mustache and reveals that he was never their uncle in the first place and that their parents are international spies and sends them away to a safe house. Um... I feel like this is a moment at some point. I feel like at some point every kid wish their parents had like some secret life that they had at one point or still had. Mm-hmm. Like what if my like my parents were agents or somehow. So that's like the yeah. point of the movie where the kids are like, what? I love that he rips the, <laughs> I'm not your uncle. <laughs> <laughs> the mustache is what changed it. I, I certainly always wished for like trap doors and stuff in my house. And right, that. yeah. Wish for that kind of stuff. Which the funny part is that it's a closet and then it's a long hallway and then they open it up and there's another closet <laughs> and then that's the submarine. <laughs> and he's like, "Is this some type of joke?" <laughs> <laughs> uh, I really, I know, I really think the people who play Carmen and Junie, uh, it's Alexa Vega, Pena Vega, mm-hmm. I think is her name. That's and, right. Yeah. Uh, uh, Dar- Mr. Uh, Megan Trainer is that's right. Uh, <laughs> Daryl Daryl Sabara is yeah. married to Megan Trainer. Yeah. I feel Megan like that's a running Trainor. gag now that everyone just calls him Mr. Megan Trainer because he's. <laughs> um, they're fantastic in this movie. I love them a lot. Um, the Thumb Thumbs, uh, who we've talked about earlier, they come in uh, dressed as ninjas, <laughs> which is kind of jarringly scary because they have they're like basically people yep. in giant like 
ninja suits, but like they have giant heads. <laughs> all all of their their head and their arms are the same like width. Yeah, <laughs> like around. It looks like they're wearing boys. Yeah, it looks like they're wearing a fake sumo suit or something. Um, but they come in and attack the house, and Uncle Felix tells the kids via security camera that the third brain lives. That's all they know. Uh, Carmen and Junie take a submarine escape boat to a safe house and are chased on water by the Ninja Thumb Thumbs. That's an awesome chase chase scene, by the way. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. It's like they're going straight there. Um, they arrive on, uh, on the uh, ride to the safe house. Or on the ride to the safe house, excuse me. Junie is sad, thinking that this might be the time he might never see his parents again. I feel like this is a point also with the submarine that they have all the gadgets in there. There's like a microwave for popcorn and like a small toilet and everything like that. That this is this is a pretty much it comment, but I also totally agree, which is that like every kid wanted this in their house mm-hmm. was like a submarine, but like Robert Rodriguez designed it as mm-hmm. a kid would design it, which is like it gives you food. It's got it's it can like talk about your poop. It can do all this <laughs> stuff. Like it's so perfect that he's like designed it this way and I love it. Um, okay, the parents are taken to the dungeon of Floop's castle, where the Fooglies are revealed to be prisoners, which is extra creepy. They're basically, like, in chains, like, shaking the bars. It's kind of like if you went behind the scenes of the Teletubbies set and found out the Teletubbies (laughs) were, like, actually in chains and, like, being forced to do this against their will. Yeah, the sun god is actually a demon. Like, (laughs) (laughs) bow to me. Apparently, did you guys know that uh, 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 George Orwell directed Teletubbies? <laughs> no. I was gonna say, do you know the some Teletubbies are the, more equal than others? The ba- <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, John. The baby and that's whose face is in the sun and Teletubbies. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's all grown up and now she has a child. How does that make you feel? Like, the baby has a baby now. Is it like That's how wrong. the Nirvana baby is, like, grown up and he hates the fact that has <laughs> all... The world has seen him naked. between his legs. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, so Carmen and Junie arrive at the safe house, which is... It's basically like this Pinterest-looking Airbnb rental, <laughs> which is also, like, half a cave. Google image search, like, Cabana. Yeah, look up and cave a... Airbnb and or and you'll find yeah. it. Yeah. Just for the sake of argument, let's see. <laughs> cave B and B. Cave um, Cave Airbnb. This is also the point, Jonathan, where I also was like, This is really cool where you're talking about like yeah. the glasses. But I also love that like she looks in the cupboard and there's nothing there, she closes it, she opens it again and it's like full of food. Um this is a joke that made me laugh very much. She's they have uh, an emergency cash drawer, and it's and and Carmen goes, "Wow, emergency cash from every country," and this is from Caitlin Durante of Bechdel Cast, so she made this joke first. But I'm saying uh, that she she finds emergency cash and she's like from every country, and it's like eight countries. <laughs> so that's last time I looked at a globe. <laughs> Well, most people don't know geography, which is a little sad, but mm. still, it's like South Korea, Mexico, Canada. Yeah. Yeah. That's all of them. <laughs> yeah, that, um, there are more flags in this room from more countries. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
at some point, um, we learn that Ingrid and Gregoria have escaped the dungeon of the castle, and they find what's called a virtual room, which is essentially like the holodeck. Yeah. Or like the Dreamatorium for you community. Dreamatorium. Yeah, for yeah. your community fans. Um, the floop sends them through a trap. Do- There's a lot of trap doors in this, ca- this castle. <laughs> At like any point, people are like, Whoa! Um, uh, you learn that Alexander Minion is giving commands to Floop through it via an earpiece. Um, Floop says that he wants Grigori to help him build something for synthetic intelligence, and he refuses. Um, Floop has captured Felix, um, their fake uncle, and uses his clay mold from before to create a Fugly out of Felix. So the clay is essentially like a giant remote control that he can mold into any type of weird face shape, and then that face mm-hmm. will go... It's like a 3D printer. Yeah. But it goes onto your face and makes you turn into a really disgusting-looking, creepy, uncanny valley thing. Yeah. Um, if they replaced Chuck E. Cheese, all the Chuck E. Cheese characters with Fooglies... I mean... <laughs> how far... How close would you allow a Chuck E. Cheese to your house? And FNAF... <laughs> you went out yeah, in the streets There is riding. no distance Five large at, enough. <laughs> Five Nights at Freddy's is basically that i mean only than the fact that they're mm. living in the animatronics oh, i don't know yeah. i've never played but they're fnaf yeah but they look like they, those look like animals they're all like foxes right. and rather than and like whatever the foobies are yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay so demon back... clown <laughs> yeah ugh. uh back at the safe house um the kids find all the spy gear and they just kind of decide to become spies they're just like and we're spies i guess they learned that their parents are so they're like we will now be fine. Yeah. I um, think, do, do they have a moment where they're like, it's up to us to save our parents or something? Is that kind of why they do it? I thought that's kind of... I feel kinda... like they have it at some point. Um, yeah. They get a knock on the door from a wo- woman named Miss Gradinko, which is a woman who works for the OSS. Uh, she's brought along some other untrusty, untrustworthy looking agents. Um, the, kid, the kids seem hesitant to trust her, even though she says she works for the OSS. She shows the kids a message with the words Floop written on it, which now Junie has figured out that Floop is the one behind all this and has kidnapped his parents. Um, this is where she reveals the uh, Fuglies are actually mutated versions of the OSS agents, the ones that Gregorio was looking for the whole time. Mm. Um, from before, they played the words backwards that they were saying in gibberish, and uh, it says that they're saying, Floop is a madman, help us, save us, mm. which is really scary. Yes terrifying yeah what were we gonna say i was gonna say what's really scary is they're also they're not just saying it; they're saying it in like a sing-songy like cadence yeah mm-hmm. they're like floop is a man it's so man ugh. oh i can't stand that's the stuff that's so scary and we bought it as children um <laughs> mr Grudinko tells the kids that their parents are next and carmen decides to share with this woman that the information of the third brain lives and miss Grudinko um hands her an oss bracelet saying like you've passed you've made it into the ranks of becoming a full agent and then surprise they raid they try to raid the house she's not actually an oss agent she's working for floop the whole time and ninja thumb thumbs tear through the safe house and their old submarine and um try to look for the third brain uh which we find and it's a very tiny like how would you describe it? It's the size of a walnut. It's basically the size of a walnut, which but it looks imp- like a robotic brain. Which is important for a flashback later. Yes. Where it is replaced with a walnut. Exactly. Um, fight scene, and they escape via jetpacks. Pretty sick. 
Yeah. As a kid, jetpacks, coolest thing. That ever. was pretty awesome. It's yeah. one of those things where I'm like, we why do we don't we still have those? They had some wild control over those jetpacks. There was yeah. like sudden stops. Right. I'm pretty like sure. No deceleration. No, it was just like <laughs> whoop, turning right now. Just yeah. bah, bah, you know. Oh. Um, the the machete, machete uh, buddy pack. That's what it's called. <laughs> yeah. It goes all the way to like downtown, and they like yeah escape in like a Dillard's or something. And no, and nobody realized. It's like nobody noticed jetpacks flying around. <laughs> Whoa! Well, that was fast. It's, <laughs> <laughs> they've really let Dillard's go. That, last time I show my face here. Apologies to Dillard's. You're not. That's fine. Ah, you're under. You're bankrupt at this point. <laughs> <laughs> We get like an email to... from Dillard's like, we want to sponsor Most Extreme Podcast. Cease and desist. What the... <laughs> uh, oh, Floop has an existential crisis about its own show and rants to Alexander Minion. Alexander Minion rec- recommends that they send the robotic children to stop Carmen and Junie. And they send the two robotic children that look exactly like Carmen and Junie. Their, their version of their robot clones. So they look exactly like Carmen and Junie. And they're going to go fight them. Um, at this point, we've reached a town known as um, San Diablo, <laughs> which Check is not out. a real place. Uh, <laughs> are you sure? Uh, no, it is actually filmed in Santiago, Chile. Oh, that's what San, that's what it's nice. meant to look like. So, can we talk about how the first establishing shot of that place is literally the meme of like Mexico, like Mexico, and it's like just a normal looking street. And then, like, Mexico and American movies. And it's, like, the same street with, like, a hideous orange filter thrown over it. <laughs> yeah. Like, the orangest orange you can imagine. Everything's, like, dusty for yeah. no reason. Yeah. Pretty much, yeah. Um, like, after that, that scene is fine. Yeah. Like, there's not Everything else orange. is like, ah, they're in a park. Yeah. It's normal. But, like, that first um, establishing shot is, like, so orange. They filmed this movie in Texas and in Chile. So I think all the, like, mm. outside stuff was in Chile. Mm. Um, and Santiago, Chile is a really nice town. So, um, is shout out to all of our Santiago, Chile <laughs> listeners. Wait, hey, if you're a listener from Santiago, Chile, use the hashtag Santiago Spires. We will send you some gear. <laughs> M- MXP for Santiago. <laughs> this is a, I'm doing a Doughboys bit, but yeah. Hashtag Santiago Spires. And if you're not a Santiago listener, uh, hashtag, um, Santiago deniers <laughs> there's no santiago chile um santiago yeah. chile was an inside job santiago we're coming for you next first live show we have to learn, <laughs> we have to all learn spanish really quickly speaking first, for the whole show first live Bebedino show most extreme podcast i don't know i'm sorry my spanish is terrible uh where were we oh so they have a they have a fight in the park with these two clones who are trying to get the third brain, which has now become the MacGuffin of the film. And um, they fight the clones, and the th- the clones get the third brain. They stick they take it from Carmen and Juni, and Carmen and Juni take one of the dog tags of the clones, and it says Spy Kid on it. And they realize that they're making an army of robotic children weapons from there. Ah, uh, so the kids meet up with their parents' old friend and gadget maker Machete. Uh, Machete, played by the wonderful Danny Trejo, who we all love. Um, 
Yeah, he's fantastic in this movie. And it's also yeah. revealed that Machete is also their actual uncle mm. and their father's brother. And he feels kind of like, oh, I don't want to have to do everything for my family type thing. Um, I don't want to have to. He's my younger brother. So Machete makes gadgets. And he's also sort of the anti-hero because he's, he's also given weapons and stuff to Floop. Would now be a time to, to cut in or do we want to circle back later? No, hit it. When I was watching stuff and saw like, oh, Uncle Machete, or whatever, I thought, did Danny Trejo play another character named Machete? I did not realize that those Machete movies were like R-rated, gory, yeah. violent spinoffs of Spy Kids. <laughs> I, <laughs> are they thinking? actually a spinoff? Yes. Like, really? They are like oh, a canonized set. Oh. Well, I mean, it's like oh, the, all right the descriptions okay. of it okay. are like oh. spinoffs See, of know, Spy Kids. I know nothing about the Machete movies. It's other than Danny Trejo is in them. It is. They're just like, yeah, I, we need to watch him at one point. He's like, Hey, remember when I had those Carmen and Junie? Oh, they were, he like looks at a picture of the two of them and they're like grown up. (laughs) He makes a tear or yeah, he's, or they do something about like your brother, Gregorio. You don't want to have the same fate as him. And he's like, what? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It was crazy. I did not realize that they were connected in any fashion. Well, what if I told you? Yeah. (laughs) Doesn't, what Didn't Robert Rodriguez make the Machete movies? Yes, yeah. yeah. So they have to be connected. Yeah. Um, what if I told you... This is all stuff I've there's learned. There's <laughs> Machete. There's Machete Kills. Yeah. And coming soon, Machete Kills in Space. I saw that on it. That, oh. That's coming soon? Yes, it's in the works. I think it's been oh. in the works for a really long oh, time. Oh, man. Take me there. It's been in the works nah, since 2015. <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably not saying that. I was about to make a joke about, let's skip Tenet and see Machete Kills in Space. (laughs) Whenever either of these movies come out. (laughs) Um, Did did they give Tenet a release date? It's actually, Tenet, okay, so we're recording this in August. This Mm. will come out in October, so who knows by now. Yeah. Um... But, uh, no spoilers if you've seen it now. Yeah, if you've seen (laughs) Tenet, do not email any of us. (laughs) Um... For all your complaints about the movie Tenet, send them to Jonathan at gmail.com. Send them to Dillard's at AOL. <laughs> I don't think they heard this right. D I hang on L L A R dot wait H T T P slash slash W Um uh, what were we talking but about? But I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> machete machete kills in space. Oh, yes. Danny that, Trejo. Were yeah, we going to see that story. or Tenet was, right, was yeah. the question so Tenet, on no, the So Tenet at this point is oh. actually going to be released uh, in other countries besides the U.S. because oh. they're reopening a little bit quicker than we yeah. are in terms of this whole COVID situation. I, d- uh. I did see, for those of you listening, October, if you remember back when we were dealing with... Uh, <laughs> they're no, probably still dealing with it in october yeah oh no 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 i think that would be oh you mean like the fact that movies kept getting chained release dates mm. oh no i just mean i know that uh sorry knock the... <laughs> if y'all hear a want the... <laughs> no but they they said sorry. the last like trailer i saw was very clear like coming to theaters so i think they're right. making a statement mm. like we're not just gonna release gonna... on I don't think Netflix or Amazon I don't Prime. I think this has become a tenet, uh, <laughs> Quibi podcast at this point. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine no, the watch eight, no. eight minute installments? Or <laughs> <laughs> it's like how back in the day YouTube would sometimes have like full movies on. Yeah, but it'd be like it'd be like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Part Two of 
12 and you'd have to watch them all and they'd always be like stuck in a corner and like sped up or pitched or something but quibi is gonna put them out as um (laughs) as like come in next week next week the next five minutes of are they really transactions are they really doing that no no oh my god yeah jonathan you gotta download it right now yeah quibi come on i I thought this was gonna be like a made for tv movie you know like when it like suddenly like something happens like and it fades to black and then it fades right back up from black because they obviously edit it for like commercial breaks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they're gonna do. And the, they repeat the, the line. The yeah. the first line of the new scene is the last line of the last scene. Yeah. They're gonna do the snakes on a plane. The commissioner's thing. in the building. <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna do the um. Uh, what's the when they had uh, snakes on a plane and they <laughs> and they did the TV edit of it and and it's. He's swearing a bunch, but the TV edit is Samuel Jackson saying, like, I've had enough of these monkey fighting snakes on this Monday to Friday plane. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, classic. Oh. Anyway, we're, we're talking about spy kids still? Okay. They're, they're yeah, with so. Uncle Machete. Okay. So they're with oh, them. Yeah. Uh, Alexander Minion uh, is preparing the robot of army children with the third brain, which is a tiny little brain, and he's putting it into all the robot children. And Alexander Minion turns to turns on Floop now and has revealed that he is the real villain the whole time and that uh, Floop is now uh, locked inside the virtual room and Minion has mul- is multiplying the third brains. Minion has now become our main villain and Floop, who is an innocent the whole time, who just really wanted his show <laughs> to be better than it was and it's having an existential wow. crisis. He does have a great line. <laughs> Floop is like, Minion, what are you doing? You can't, or he's like giving him some sass about the, like this betrayal, and Minion's response is like, "Rest assured, it's Mister Minion to you." Oh, oh yes, I love that line. <laughs> it's Mr. Minion. Also, so he has glasses up until this point, <clears throat> right? Like huge, like. and and they they yeah they're really nerdy looking. They matif- magnify his eyes a bunch, and he takes them off in this scene. Which begs the question: Why was he wearing them in the first place <laughs> if he never needed them? But that kind of works a lot for his character. Because before, he's kind of like, he's dorky and not intimidating. When he takes off his glasses, he's legitimately scary. Yeah, yeah. We'll get to that in a bit, because I do have sort of a bit about Alexander Minion coming up. Uh, Anyway, the kids, um, Machete has this, like, plane. He's like, this is the only way you can get to Floop's castle. And so they steal it. Essentially, in the middle of the night, they take some of his gadgets, but he's like seems proud of them that they did that. He's like, "You guys, <laughs> go get them." Um, so anyway, Carmen Juni sneak through the castle in sort of a Scooby Doo like castle, very much chasing against from, and they try to they save the 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 Fuglies and they get away from the Thumb Thumbs, mm-hmm. and uh, and then they get chased by the Thumb Thumbs and the robotic children. Uh, Carmen finds like where the Thumb Thumbs are made, uh, things like that. Um, uh, at one point, it is revealed that oh yeah, so in the scene, it's like Alexander Minion has the place where they turn it uh, everyone to Fuglies. So they have Gregorio and Ingrid, the parents, like mm. laying down in these beds where they're going to be turned to Fuglies, and he looks exactly like Minion looks exactly like uh, Blofeld from the James Bond, like classic James mm. Bond films, mm. um, where he's got like this like kind of like white. What um, what was this character's suit, name? Blofeld, the like buttoned up. Yeah, it's like a button-up white kind of shirt. Thing. Yeah, with a collar. That's exactly what he's wearing. Or like oh. Doctor Evil for some. Oh, I yeah, see. Yeah, Doctor <laughs> Evil is based off of that. Yeah, I see. like that. Oh, oh, yeah, with the uh, with the cat. Yeah, oh, I, oh, I, yeah. I see exactly what you're. T- 
Oh, I see yeah. exactly what you're talking about. So he's going for kind of James Bond villain, which, yeah. I mean, you, you're getting your um, sort of your resemblance and yeah. also just sort of That's another spy thing, homage, Austin Powers. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Pigglesworth. Um, yeah, I do love how Junie says, yeah, baby, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> they're out wait what and it's fake teeth no I'm kidding <laughs> oh god I missed that was a bit <laughs> like a little six year old kid doing an awesome powers impression do I make you randy <laughs> oh my god everyone's like yeah this is PG-13 now <laughs> um Oh, Junie saves the floops uh, who are now good, and they save his parents. Uh, however, the dad has been turned into a Fugly. This is maybe the most nightmare fuel part of the whole film. Mm-hmm. I think I remember actually being scared of this part as a kid, where the dad has now become a Fugly. Mm. So his face is all stretched and everything. And it's based off of the design from later, which uh, Junie was drawing. Yeah, it's it's Junie's drawing of, like, he drew his own Fugly, like, yeah. in the very first yeah. couple scenes. And his dad gets turned into that. Yeah. Uh, anyway, the mayor crazy. shows up to finally see the finished product of the robotic children and the Cortez family teams up and tries to stop Minion. And they turn Minion into a Fugly with four extra heads. That's pretty creepy, too. The creepiest part is when he smiles. They all smile. Yeah, they all move. Mm-hmm. And, there's like like a, and there's rubber. like a sound effect of like... There is a, they some smile. funny sound effects in this movie, too. That's there another are, yeah. cast. They were talking about how the fan, like at one point, like uh, Floop like has a cape and he like whoops it, like wha- like whoosh, while like really quacking. It's so loud, <laughs> <laughs> and it's like oh, it's so good. Um, the military guys tell the robotic they they buy the robotic kits and then they tell the robotic kids to destroy Minion and his henchmen. Um, happy ending. Junie no longer has the warts. He's become more of a confident kid. The family's back together again, and uh, now the robotic children are being used as with the military as good deeds and helping. You see a, a robotic child like helping save someone from a fire on the news, and the news person the whole time is like, "What is with these children? How are they <laughs> able to go inside the fire and save it?" Um, also, the Cortezes have um, adopted a thumb thumb. I can't really tell. Yeah, the Thumb Thumb is wearing a frilly blue and white striped apron and is serving them breakfast. Yeah, he's like, hey. Yeah. We, he comes in later, I think, in Spy Kids 2, you see their Thumb Thumb, like, yeah. uh, made. <laughs> I'm not really sure. Yeah, I um, mean, so yeah, if th- you were in a castle and you could steal a robot from a mad genius and make it be your butler. You gotta take that chance. I mean, it's just, like, convenient. Gotta capitalize on that, yeah. It's sort of... That's one of the staples of the... I mean, I don't know if it comes in in Spy Kids 3. I can't remember that one as much as 2, but I definitely remember the Thumb Thumbs come back. Mm. The Fuglies don't, thank God. Um, <laughs> Burn them. Yeah, please. Uh, <laughs> Kill them with If fire. you are a parent and you're listening to this, put your kids away from the Fuglies. <laughs> um, so anyway, the, the Cortezes... I've gotten back together. Machete is reconciled with his brother. They're all eating um, breakfast until they get a message on their television from a man named Devlin, played by George Clooney. Yes. George <laughs> Clooney what? is in this movie as Devlin, who's essentially like the president yes. of the OSS or something. Yeah. I liked, um, I liked the moving the, the black man. bar over like, his eyes bit. Yes. Was, yeah. yeah. He has a black like bar over his head and he, like, he, just, he, blows it, he blows it, like, dusts it off and puts it back on. 
Uh, he's saying, no, I actually want Carmen and Junie to do this mission, not not the parents to do it. And then they are like, no, we're only going to do this as a mission as a family because we're a family. And then, yay, end of movie. And, yeah, credits, roll credits. Um, I love this movie. I don't know. I was I sent you guys a text later when I was rewatching. like, this is completely different than I remember. Yeah. I yeah. Went, in, in what ways? Yeah, what did you mean? You by I feel that? like I like it way more because I feel yeah. like as a kid, I was just in awe of everything that's going on. Mm-hmm. I think as a kid, it super had an impact on me because that's like same why I wanted to be part of it. But I think I like it a lot more, especially because as it's, hold, as it's held up over time, because I saw when it came out, we see how like the relationship between... Carmen and Junie is so real, and it's so, like, they feel like siblings, and a lot of it mm-hmm. comes from, like, at the beginning of the movie, Carmen's really, is just sort of mean to Junie at the beginning of the film. And Junie like, throws a dumbbell at her. Yeah, I mean, but work- she, she, <laughs> she kicks him off the yeah. Yeah, yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. she's, like, you're you're slowing me down, essentially. Mm-hmm. And at one point, we even see, like, how she feels about him, because she literally talks about him behind his back in front of some classmates and says, like, I shouldn't be responsible for anybody but me. Mm-hmm. And then through this experience, she learns that like, like even though she's mean to her brother in very much a sibling, older sibling way, she still like cares for him a lot. Like he f- almost flies off the like the submarine. She tries to save him and everything like that. But she's yeah. still the older protector type person. So I think a lot of that meanness and stuff is coming from mm-hmm. a protective heart, mm-hmm. which is really cool. But we see that later being repeated as a theme with Machete and Gregorio because he literally says the same line of like. Nobody, I shouldn't be responsible for anybody but me. Mm-hmm. And then she goes back and, because after a while she's learned this and goes like, but that's not what it, it means to be family. Yeah. So like that theme gets repeated of like people learning, like I don't need to be responsible for anyone but myself. So I think her arc is extremely interesting to to me at least. And I think, especially since I'm the older sibling and y'all are the youngest. youngest so maybe yeah. it's a little different. Yeah. Um, so maybe I saw myself more in Carmen than I did in Junie. Oh. Um, that, um, but yeah, they still have a very interesting companionship and even Junie becoming, you know, sort of like the loser kid at school and everything like that, mm-hmm. but becomes more confident through this experience, yeah. I think is really interesting. Um, and as Carmen even points out in the movie, he's the one who gets flooped to be good. Right. Well, one important thing I also wrote down is that this is like the, like Carmen is, uh, what, 10 Maybe. Like ten and seven, or she's twelve sort of at, and seven. Yeah. yeah, she's at the age where she wants to be able to prove to herself that mm-hmm. she's not a kid anymore, and that yeah. she can be responsible, even though she's still young. But Junie's still at this age where he still feels like he's he's like dependent on his family and his parents, you know, because mm. he's still young enough that he's not like I need to, I can still be a kid, and I want to be this. Um, which is interesting how that builds and how he how they kind of grow and come closer together through that. Um, I think I also, and we've worked because we've worked in uh, filmmaking summer camps for so long that I like anything where it's kids as heroes because mm-hmm. they literally are the heroes of the film. They sell, like, they yeah. solve the problems, everything like that. Mm-hmm. There's this epic shot when they're exiting the department store, which we'll call we'll call Dillard's, <laughs> <laughs> the Dillard's of San Diablo. <laughs> That's the name of this episode. Is the Dillard's? I'm kidding. <laughs> the uh, the official uh, Dillard's in San Diego is like tweeting us at this moment. Yeah. <laughs> Someone start a fake Twitter account for Dillards of San Diablo. Um, anyway, um, there's a, there's a shot of the epic walking out like in slow motion um, out of the death pack action sequence. I love it so much. Um, but yeah, I mean, going back to what we were talking about earlier, like this truly feels like, I think Robert Rodriguez 
set out and said, I want to make a kid's movie that doesn't feel like an adult made it. Like, I want to make a movie that feels like a child mm-hmm. made it. And I mm-hmm. really think he succeeded. Because it's so yeah. much... And we've worked with kids in films before yeah. that, like, yeah. this totally feels like something a kid would make up. Oh, exactly. Yeah. And that's where I think it... And I think this... I'm Sorry I'm talking so much, but I feel like um, this movie does it, but I feel like even um, Spike It's 2 elevates everything way mm. bigger because of how successful the first movie mm. was. It mm-hmm. was made on a super tight budget. It was like... Like, yeah. this movie was made for, like... 30 something million dollars and made a lot more it made like 400 million dollars it was it uh it spent like its first three weeks at like top of the box office yeah so i'm actually yeah. looking at numbers here so it's like it came out around the same time as well it it you can claim that it beat gladiator at the box office gladiator was in its 340th day at that point okay so at this point <laughs> but no but like spike kids and it was there you know gladiator was in theaters memento was in theaters Pokemon three, the movie was in theaters. Okay, maybe a topic know, we'll talk about. Spoiler at some point. alert, yeah. Um, but yeah, there was you know a ton of a ton of stuff in there that what, it's like. What I'm hearing is this was a great time to go to the movies. It was a pretty 2001, pretty sweet, pretty sweet time. Better Crouching than Tiger, now. Hidden Dragon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Again, uh, that's the email is d i l l a r d s at a o l dot com. Dillard's has the vaccine. <laughs> they're just not <laughs> for those who don't know what dillard's about... is it's a it's basically like what is happening to sears right now it yeah um and jc penny went bankrupt right did they really really so. oh man this poor went out for the uh there's always <laughs> always take a moment of silence on bridget jones's diary Okay. Wow, there was a bunch of good movies around this time. joe dirt so this was the <laughs> so this is the summer of 2001 uh yeah it's like uh or like late spring okay so like may april Mm -hmm. april oh okay um some other things that are that i think what makes it feel like a kid's movie and really takes it seriously is because like the music is done by danny elfman and robert robert rodriguez did like all of it and this is very much maybe that's probably why i like robin a lot as a director is that he like every project that he does he like basically self-funds or at least at this point, he was self-funding it, mm-hmm. where he's like, I'm going to direct it, I'm going to write it, I'm going to edit it, I'm going to do some of the VA, VFX, I'm going to write some of the music, like, I'm going to do everything I can so that I can do it myself, or learn it from the experience, and, um, but Danny Elfman did a lot of music, but the thing is, like, in the action sequences, in any other movie that would have come out at this point, it, the music would have been like a Blink-182 song or something, would have been like, or like rock music of like, and then they would have been like, whoa, we gotta get the kids. It would have been like, he's, <laughs> teach, he's, ta- mm-hmm. he's taking it so yeah. seriously, mm-hmm. which is how like, every kid would want to when they're making something, take yeah. it, the stupidest thing so seriously. Mm-hmm. And that's why it works so much. Well, again, going back to movie camp, I remember vividly one time you saying like, you know, the things that are funny aren't funny if you make them a joke. It's funny that like kids are this gang that runs the city. Right. Very seriously. That, yeah. That's the humor in it. Right. Um, yeah. For that situation. I remember you saying that. Yeah. And I think that might be coming from Spy Kids or just might just be coming from like, no. It, and also like, as a, it's like, for example, like 1966 Batman with Adam West mm-hmm. is one of my favorite movies ever and or TV series of all time. But like at, um, when I saw it as a kid, I didn't think it was funny at all. I thought it was serious and I thought it was really cool. Now I watch it and I love it as a comedy. So mm-hmm. like it it changes and morphs as you get older, so mm-hmm. that's an example of it. But no, I really like Robert Rodriguez. I think he apparently edited this whole thing in his garage, 
I I read that his garage is like his code for his editing room. Yeah, I think it's actually it's like, still so very high tech. Yeah, he's, I think it said on IMDb that it's like actually like decked out with like proper film yeah. editing equipment, and all the all the bells and whistles. It's not got like a. It a, may actually a be. It. it may. <laughs> Filled with frozen pizzas. I feel like that's a requirement for a grunt. You know, it's like 3 a.m. You're working on the edit. Oh, the what food are we getting? Yeah. Nuke some DiGiorno. Yeah, that's sure. got some taquitos. And and mm. by the way, I just got the numbers. The cumulative worldwide gross 150 million. So it was like oh wow, budget okay. of 35 made 150. But still, yeah, that I I don't know why I said 400 earlier, but that's still really good. Um, oh, I don't I don't remember. I didn't remember anything. Yeah. I but still justifies like again like a really good sequel mm-hmm. and like the the time and effort to make a sequel. Um, Sequels. Yeah. One thing I also think what I love uh, watching this movie too is I think the gadgets are hilarious and really funny. So like at the beginning of the movie, like the mom has like her makeup kit, but it's actually a computer. Yeah. I love that one. Yeah, she hits um, like a specific like like this blush and this thing and this thing and it like opens up turns the mirrors her vanity turn sideways. Yeah. And, yeah into a computer great. screen. Um. Uh, I think at one point her engagement ring has also has a laser on it. Yeah, she cuts the ropes with that. All the all the all the sunglasses, the spy sunglasses, the fake mustaches, uh, the world's smallest camera. I love that. Oh yeah. Um, the electromagnetic gum. Yeah. And bubbles. I think is great. It's uh, so like a kid yeah. made this. It's so. The, smart. What is it? The it's it's like literally just silly string, but it's like what do they call it? Oh, like, uh, instant, concrete uh, instant cement. Con- Instant cement. Instant cement. Yeah. Oh, so good. <laughs> All the fake mustaches. Like it's yeah. revealed that the dad had like a this thin one. It's, <laughs> it's fake. It's fake as well. <laughs> oh, so funny. Um, um, and then my favorite one is probably the ref, the, the rehydrator, which is a microwave. Oh, is that um, what they call it? That makes uh, in this movie is kind of I think the only version of um, uh, product placement that we get. Sorry, I couldn't think of it. Um, and it makes uh, McDonald's. <laughs> Were there like That's Spy right. Kids Happy Meal toys? Well, I'm glad you oh, asked. Yeah. <laughs> yes, <laughs> because right. I have it right here in front of me. We'll have to post it on our line. Is everything that you could get in that yes. oh, Happy Meals? I so think I missed this. You can era. barely see it from where you guys are sitting, but because um, we record this in a abandoned airplane hangar, because um, <laughs> we have to socially distance. But um, <laughs> are you okay over there, John? <laughs> I can barely see you. Anyway. Um, we are so for you Americans multiple football fields apart. <laughs> um, some of the toys that we have here is we have a spy watch, we have a spy phone, we have spy glasses, we have a spy light and launcher. I don't know really that is a. I can't even read this. Sorry, a spy squirter. I don't really know what that is. A spy identifi- identifier, which I think it just takes cameras of you. You know, um, yeah. From this distance, it a with the motion detector because it's like a blue rectangle with a little uh, red triangle in the corner. It kind of looks like a box of Oreos, <laughs> making me kind of hungry. It's the deep fake. It's actually Oreo product placement. <laughs> it's actually yeah. um, <laughs> it's the, the psychological play. <laughs> the uh, the presence of McDonald's in the movie Spied Kids is designed to make Jonathan crave Oreos. Um, one important thing to talk about with the McDonald's things <laughs> is that with all their kids, they actually had a ultimate spy game going on with all their toys at McDonald's, which oh. is, if you look inside your Spy Kids toy bag, or if you visited www.mcdonalds.com to get a spy code... Ask your parents for permission before you logging online. Yep. Grab your parents, <laughs> yeah. enter the spy code that's on there, and you could get a chance to win any of these prizes. Two movie tickets to Spy Kids, a Kodak digital camera... <laughs> oh. 
that one right there. Um, That's pretty sick. Some Foster Grant child sunglasses. Okay. Or an Isuzu Axiom car. <laughs> what? Did you I get did. your choice of these? No, no, no. <laughs> their, chance, their chance to win. This yeah. is the sweepstakes that they had. So, this is all I part imagine of this. a kid. Like, the, 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 the parents, like, Jonathan, pick the car. Pick, pick the, the car. car. I like, want to see Spy Kids again. <laughs> no! Exactly. no! Oh, he's just like scrolling the cursor of the mouse. <laughs> what like, should I pick? <laughs> or he picks the car and it's just like a Hot Wheel. <laughs> um. It's so funny that you still drive that car to this day, John. <laughs> but, um, yeah. But they're cool Happy Meal 800,000 miles on it. I think they're really cool. Uh, and what if I told both of you that they're available on Amazon, the entire thing? Oh. How much, much? do they want for that? Uh, 20 bucks. What? Plus $10 in shipping. So $30. Oh. <laughs> I know. You're like, what? I thought Brett, it was why didn't you get that, that for this, year, this week's gift? Um, I didn't bring a gift. I think we're only going to do gift for guests. Right. And maybe coming up, um, we'll do a giveaway of some sort. We can talk about that. Oh, we'll do yeah. Dope. Um, but yeah, Robert Rodriguez is great. Um, $50 gift card to Dillard's. <laughs> I was going to say, I've got some shoes that don't fit. Uh, Jonathan uh, will be uh, selling his box set of the Andy Griffith show. <laughs> I've got 45 buttons that have fallen off of, <laughs> <laughs> fallen off of my shirts. You want the rest of this ragu? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, uh, Robert Rodriguez is great. We love him. Um, by the time this comes out, um, we will have seen his directing work on The Mandalorian. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, that'll be interesting to see. Incredible. Yeah, uh, season two, So, which we don't know anything about, which I'm really excited to hear yeah. more about him. Will we get the actual? Will we get follow up on? Will the Fuglies show up in the Mandalorian? <laughs> Most ambitious think, crossover. What if? Dude, why what do if, you think they never take their helmets off, dude? Oh my gosh! This is the way oh, they're saying it backwards. <laughs> um. Wow. What if, dude, what if Baby Yoda is a Fugly? Oh my gosh. Oh, that's what we learned. Is <laughs> nope. Baby Yoda a Fugly? Hashtag Baby Yoda Fugly. <laughs> and if he's not... <laughs> Number one trending on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Baby Yoda Fugly. Robert Rodriguez, great director. Can't wait to see, uh, what's it called? Oh yeah, Machete Kills in Space. Uh, whenever that comes out. Now isn't he also, I saw this thing uh, called A Hundred Years. Yes. Have you seen that? Do you want to talk about that for a second? Well, I, I want to learn more about it. So, I saw 2115, and I, I like looked at okay. you know, what, it's so, all, what it's about. Um, 100 like Years the, is a project that Robert Rodriguez has directed with <clears throat> Ma, Ma, John Malkovich. It's a short yeah. film. It will come out 2115. It comes out in 100 years from when they filmed it. It has been locked in a vault. Locked and, in a vault with a time code or something? Yes, yeah. so and it, no one... Is ever going to see it? At least in this room, unless yeah. some miracle. And what I, I read that there's like like certain they've given away uh, they're like metal tickets or whatever. There's, so it's like descendants of people that have tickets to see it. Yeah, are the ones that are getting We're gonna to see, see it, it first or something. Yeah, yeah. it's um 
They open it up and they got to figure out how to transmit it into everyone's brains. What something. is a VHS? It's <laughs> <laughs> like what the. <laughs> so it's so it was a, it was done with the um, the uh, cognac um, Louis thirteen because it takes a hundred years to make. Mm-hmm. So it's locked in a vault with uh, Louis thirteen. What what's what's the name of the movie again? It's hundred years. Hundred years, starring John Malkovich, they, written by John Malkovich, they, music by Pharrell Williams. They 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 open the vault and it's just a note that says like. Maybe the real 100 years were the friends we made along the way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say it was a Fugly. <laughs> <laughs> Baby Yoda Fugly. <laughs> the Fuglies are real, and he sealed them away for 100 years to protect all of humanity. Jeez. So, yeah. <laughs> the mini dinosaurs from uh, Spy Kids. Well, time. I think this is it for this episode of Most Stream Podcast. Uh, please uh, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts, um, and follow us. On Twitter and Instagram with the um, handle Most Extreme Pod. And if you have any questions or want any Dillard's coupons, <laughs> I was about to say support your local Dillard's. Close out your local Dillard's. Well, ours is closed, but um, no. please go to Dillard's. And if you have any questions, please email us at Most Extreme Podcast at gmail.com. Anything else? You nailed it. But yeah. All right. Well, we'll see you next week. I We'll see. Bye. Bye. See ya. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right.